Once we can start exploration going again, we'll quickly add new resources and reserves that will justify an expansion of the mine. And maybe we can take it to 1,500 to 1,000 tons a day over the next couple of years. And potentially, I see this growing to maybe 3,000 tons a day, provided that the exploration works out the way I believe it will. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hello and welcome back to the show. My name is Rick Nusky. I hope you're doing very well today and thank you very much for joining us. Now, if this is your first time on the show, I know that you're in for a treat. And for those of you who have supported the show for any length of time, thank you very much for your support. I've been reading your feedback and it's, it's making all of the difference to me knowing that the show is making a difference for you. Now, Speaking about uh, making a difference, today I have the pleasure of welcoming CEO and President of Alterly Mining Corporation, Mr. Ralph Shearing. Welcome to the show, Ralph. Thank you very much, Rick. Pleasure to be here. Yes, absolutely. A pleasure to have you here. We're going to be talking all things mining. We're going to be taking a look at local and global events and how they're having an impact on the mining sector. We're going to look at the day-to-day -day operations, management structure and governance amongst other things, as, long, uh, as well as the opportunity that awaits investors. But before we do any of that, Ralph, where are you calling in from today? I'm uh, located in Vancouver, Canada. Oh, beautiful. Has uh, that been home forever? Well, for quite a while. I grew up on Vancouver Island and when I started university, I moved to Vancouver and kind of call it my home base ever since. Fantastic. What do you love about the place? Well, Vancouver is a great city. I mean, it's you live in a big city, but you don't feel like you're in a city at all. I've got the forest behind me and both sides and trails anywhere I can walk to in, in a couple minutes time. So Now tell me, Ralph. Do you take advantage of all this beauty that surrounds you? Do you go walking yeah, often? Yeah, I, I try to as much as I can, although it's been pretty busy the last couple of years, so I haven't been able to, to enjoy it as much as I'd like to. Yeah, well, look, it's been both hectic and busy for a multitude of different reasons, and I'd love to, I guess, talk about that in, in some length. But uh, what is a landmark, just so for people who don't know where you live, what's a landmark around that they might be familiar with? In, my, in Vancouver? Yeah. Oh, well, I see there's this tourist-type attraction, uh, suspension bridges, yes. large gorges, mm -hmm. the ocean's right there, Grouse Mountains up uh, top, you can go skiing in and uh, have a nice dinner up on the top of the mountain overlooking Vancouver. Very nice, there's very nice. Many, many of them around. <laughs> so uh, in terms of other hobbies and sports, do you actually do anything else other than, um, I guess, hiking and walking? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Well, I do a lot of walking. I, I try to keep myself in good shape, get some exercise in. I mm -hmm. still, I still play old timers hockey. I probably should hang out my skates. <laughs> and still, still get out once a week during the season. Try to, to score a goal. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, are you a bit, a bit of a hacker on the on the on the court or not? <laughs> I I played a lot of hockey in the past, so I, I get by. I play in a. I'm 65 and I play in a over 50 league. Looking fantastic. Now I'm wondering, do you, when you um, have some downtime, which I guess is not much, what, how do you spend it? What's the quality of time spent on? Is it movies? Is it going out? What do you like to do? No, I like, I like outdoors. I like to go fishing. Um, as I said, hiking, you know, um, my wife and I tend to try to get away on a little vacation in the summer together and uh, we'll, we'll do a number of things, go up the Okanagan on a wine tour or 
head across to Vancouver Island and out northern in inland island, nice beautiful areas up there. Fantastic. Yeah, there's lots to do. There's no shortage of things to do around Vancouver and the province of British Columbia. And as soon as you said wine, my ears pricked up. I live in McLaren Vale uh, in, in Australia, South Australia, and one of the nicer yes. wine regions. I'm wondering, do you have a particular red that you enjoy over another? Uh, well, there's lots of good ones. I mean, I, I do really like the Australian wines. I think mm. My wife prefers those. Although there's one that uh, here in, in BC that we kind of grown accustomed to the momi i think it's called beautiful uh, pinot noir nice stuff it's really nice when you can match a wine with a nice piece of meat or whatever it is that you you choose to eat isn't it yeah, yeah we eat a lot of fish so but we're, we're red wine drinkers so we not traditional white with fish we, we like red wine thank you for sharing now i wonder if we can just pivot back momentarily when you were growing up i'm wondering if you had people around you as you were you know a younger man uh, uh, going from a i guess a, a young boy to a young man that helped in you in those formative years to i guess uh, plant the seed of entrepreneurialism and business and those sorts of things yeah i would have to say yes i mean i come from a family of five brothers we were all uh Working in the logging industry when we were very young, we were very cheap labor for our father. He <laughs> what we term a jippo logger. So he had us all out working at a very young age. Um, we used to cut fence posts for farmers and firewood to sell that. You know, we, we had a very active upbringing as we were kids. So really got instilled in us the, the necessity to succeed and then try to be, do good things in your life. Now, you don't get to be where you are without hard work and discipline. Tell us a little bit about, um, you know, uh, how your professional life has evolved and how important discipline was as part of that. Uh, very good question. I mean, I, I graduated from University of British Columbia with a Bachelor of Science degree in geology mm -hmm. back in 1981 or so. And then I worked for a, a bigger company throughout Canada, uh, northern British Columbia, over into northern Quebec and Ontario into Nova Scotia and ran around the bush searching for minerals for these companies, getting a, a very good background in mineral exploration and development. And then uh, around 19, well, I can't remember now, early 90s, I guess, got laid off. Uh, no, even earlier than that. It would have been about 85, 86, I guess. Got laid off from the big company, and I started my own exploration services company. Mm -hmm. Started doing uh, line cutting geophysics on a contract basis for mining companies. Mm -hmm. Then I... One of the one of the guys that was working for me was a, a diamond driller. He had a an old diamond drill, and I kind of we were talking away. And I thought, well, you know what? I'll try and find you some work for your for your drill, and we, you know we go into partnerships. So we did that, and we actually had a fairly successful diamond drilling company for a number of years. And worked for the Hunter Dickinson Group. We, our biggest project was a over a five hundred thousand foot drill program for them. Wow. So we grew very quickly into a, a little significant drilling company. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, things got bad. There wasn't any money in the industry, so no work around. <laughs> and uh, Happens. I actually started this company in um, 1987 with a, a colleague of mine from university, and we worked together. We saw junior companies doing all these things, and we said, oh, it must be easy. Well, let's, uh, let's <laughs> form a company and, and get going on it. And we listed this company in 1987, two months before a major market crash called Black Friday. So we learned oh, very quickly. Wow things aren't quite as easy as you'd like them to be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a great story. You know, it takes a certain certain type of person. Having uh, years of experience in surface exploration, drilling myself and um, stoke mining and all these things, it, it takes a certain person. Tell, tell me what 
what that experience has meant to you and how it's formed your lifestyle? Oh, you know, I'm a bit of a stubborn bugger. That's what they say. And <laughs> I never wanted to give up on the company. You know, when I start something, I want to finish it. Mm. And um, that kind of attitude got me exploring down in Mexico in, in the late 90s. And I got involved in a, a project as a minor interest holder. The partners weren't very good, and that one failed. And then I was traveling around, and I found this Tabuato project, this one in the back behind Yes. Me. And that was, uh, uh, you know, I, I got, went on it, looked at it as an exploration geologist, and said, I, I got to have this. Got to have this project in the company. It's, it's just a big district scale project. The veins were thick, and wide, and long, and, and it just, I knew I wanted it. And so we acquired it for the company. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. out of the you know, like 23 years we've had this project, you know, you can only push it forward when you have access to capital. And out of those 23 some odd years, I'll bet you I only had access to capital seven or eight of them. So the rest of the time you're sitting around trying to figure out how to keep it alive. Mm. Um, so that's that's really how we, we got Tabueto up and to the point it is now. Um, and in the meantime, you know, after we did some refinancing in 2015 and the Mexican group came in and helped us out, we acquired the, the Campo Morado mine right after that. Fantastic. So, just been pushing Tabueto forward to production and any day we're getting ready to start. So it's been a very satisfying experience. Together. Very exciting, very timely for you to join mm -hmm. us on the show. And I'm very thankful for you to be here. Now I'm wondering uh, in terms of, you know, the early, earlier days and you, your exposure to risk, you know, based on capital investment and all these <laughs> other things, there'd be a lot of people on the show today who are, I guess, green behind the ears when it comes to making huge investments and exposing themselves to such risk. What can you tell us about risk and risk management and that sort of thing? Well, you know, mining, the mining side of things, ex mineral exploration, uh, mining is, is a risky business. Everyone mm. needs to understand that. Yeah. So you've got to, you know, if you're investing in the sector, your timing's got to be right. And, you know, right now, I think the timing is perfect, the way the, the world conditions are. Um, so that's part of it. And the other part is is be very careful of, of the project and of management. Make sure that the project's got merit, it's got some meat behind it. And, and most important is, is the management team and make sure that they're people who can move it forward, know how to move it forward and get it forward and raise money. And mm -hmm. There's just so many aspects of mineral exploration development in the public sector that are that you need to be aware of and they're very risky at times as well. Yeah. So, you know, that's what I, advice I'd give people. Be careful, watch what you invest in, make sure mm -hmm. the technical aspects of the project are good. And, and a lot of people may not know that, but if you follow a company and ask around and, and, and look into what brokerage companies follow them, et cetera, um, and, and be inquisitive, ask a lot of questions. Yeah, well, uh, mm -hmm. for, for lack of better ways to put it, understand the lay of the land. Now, there's also a, um, uh, a positive upside to risk. Now, I know that recently your performance has been just astounding and, um, you know, you've got a fairly low uh, share value at the moment. And what do you see happening with that? And uh, tell us what's been happening. So our share price is is very low for what we've got going on. Oh, and, yeah. and it's a number of different reasons. Um, you know, the, we had a bit of a, a tough past and two years ago and prior to that, uh, we were really struggling and we, we were running our Campo Morado project and zinc prices were low. We were losing money. We couldn't keep it operating. And we were using some of the money, the, the positive cash flow from Campo Morado to help fund us our construction at Tabueto. So we got offside with a, a lot of our covenants and our loan agreements. Mm -hmm. 
And that that was a particularly tough time. But it started to turn around in, in 2020 when we uh, had some management changes. We went in and, and got Campo Morado back in operation, really started paying attention on the, on the people that we had employed there, hired a great mine manager who came in and, and really started to, to clean up the project, reduce the costs. And at the same time, metal prices started to increase for us. So mm -hmm. you know, it, it was a, a double whammy and, and some very good things started to happen. And then when, with that success, we were able to get ourselves back on side with our lenders, renegotiate our loan agreements, yep. giving us time to fund and, and get Tawaweto back in construction. And that's what we did. So we've been back on Tawaweto for about a year now, and we're just pushing forward. The mine's being built, and we are very, like, within days ready to start up this project with one ball mill yeah wow that's a that's a real big catalyst for us because now we go from a one mine company to mm -hmm. two mine company and not only that this this tabuweto mine the one we're bringing on production now it's primarily a gold project so we expect to have over 60 percent of our revenue coming from precious metals once tabuweto is in full production and that should allow us to get a re-rating as, as a high growth precious metal producer. And yet we still have a strong component of base metals at, at both our, well, at Campo Morado especially. Um, and that gives us some protection from, you know, put potential problems in the gold market. Um, so we've got a bit of flexibility to move yeah. around and, and produce at any particular zone on Campo Morado that might have more copper, might have more zinc, depending on what metal prices are like for any particular commodity we're producing. Yeah, that's wonderful feedback. Thank you very much. Now, Ralph, I always, uh, Ralph, I always think about uh, topography and boundaries. Now, um, from an operational standpoint, how difficult, given, I guess, the, the lay of the land on these projects, is it, is it to get people in and out and support them? Oh, well, it's, both projects have a little bit different access. Um, at Campo Morado, we're close to a, a community, major highways right there. So mm -hmm. we're about a 20-minute drive off of the... The, from the community of Arcilia in the state of Guerrero, um, and its access is good. We have electrical grid power right to the mine site, so everything at that mine is, is much better than Tabueto. However, even at Tabueto, we can drive to this project at Tabueto in about six hours, five yep. to six hours yep. from the nearest community. Um, at, as well, just from working on the project itself, you can see behind me, this is a very rugged topography. Oh, yeah. And, you know, as challenging as it is, we can still make roads. You can see the drill access roads behind me, you know, so we can make uh, access roads pretty much anywhere we want to. Mm -hmm. um, but this very challenging topography actually makes this a very low cost mine because we just drive a tunnel right into the side of the hill and we're driving uh, all of our, drop our ore into, yep. uh, you know, or shard or pass to the production level and we drive it out in a dump truck. To the mine, to the mill, and it mills only about 300 meters out of the entrance of the portal, main production portal. So, it is a really low-cost producer because of the the topography, and it's it's such a high-grade operation. It's very profitable for us. So, or, what do you go ahead? Go ahead. No, um, go ahead. So, what are your uh, production estimates, and um, what sort of breakdown in in minerals do you expect to see as a percentage? Yes. I guess so. Seventy around 70 percent of this project will be Talawetta will be gold production. Right. The twelve percent will be silver, and the rest in base metals. Um, we our costs here are looking at a, 
we just started publishing a new pre-feasibility study. So we actually filed that this afternoon on mm -hmm. our government filing uh, system. Yep. And the new press release is going out tomorrow morning on the economics of it. But it's a, a very robust project. We're going to be producing gold here at $844 per gold equivalent ounce. And gold right now is $1,900 yep. plus. So it's that it will be you know quite a profitable situation for us. I touched on uh, boundaries, and obviously with boundaries comes neighbours and relationships, and veins don't just stop at the border, do they? Um, now, w what are, I guess, some of the relationships that you have going on around, for just so investors got a bit of an idea? Well, we're very lucky uh, on, on Tabueto. As I said before, it's a district-scale project. Yeah. And we're, we've only explored a very, very small portion of it. Yeah. So this district's about 12 kilometers long by eight kilometers wide. We only have one competitor in there mm -hmm. who has a small amount of ground around our internal block of concessions. And that's a very major mining company. It's called, it's Bresneo in Mexico, one of the biggest mining companies in Mexico. <clears throat> and incidentally, they're, they're one, the CEO of Bresneo, his brother, Ruben Alvidrez is one of our directors. Yep. So we have a you know a decent relationship with that group, um, but their ground is not critical to our project. Your main project, yeah. We actually own about eighty three percent of the prospective ground within mm. the Tabuweto district. Yep. In our concessions, so it's you know we've got the bulk of the concession. Uh, the bulk of the prospective ground in our concessions. That uh, certainly would increase the rate of confidence for uh, prospective uh, investors looking at this today. And um, that's wonderful feedback. Thank you very much. Now, uh, in terms of your exploration uh, potential, um, you know, the XY pattern grid, it's very hard to follow that because you're not on sort of uh, flat land. What are your plans to, um, I guess, scale over this rugged terrain? Well, there's just so much exploration potentially. I'm gonna I'm just try and point some things out here for you. Yeah, absolutely. If, if you, if we, I'm not sure if it's gonna show. Now, just use here. your finger. I think it'd work better. Okay, so this zone—it's all backwards. So this zone yeah. here, this is the El Creston zone, mm -hmm. and okay, gotta get it going the right way. <laughs> so it left goes up left over is this, right. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It goes up over this hill, and and on the other side. Well, it comes out the other side up there. It's all backwards. Sorry. It's yeah, no, that's fine. I get it. But it, it, anyways, it, it goes, we have the structure from Cinco de Mayo down here. Yep. Yeah, I go up and over. There's Cinco de Mayo. And the zone comes up here to the Creston area and then continues up the hillside. Yep. Goes over the other side. So right over the other side here. Yep. Uh, that peak. the zone up again. And that's about three... So it's about 3.4 kilometers distance that we have on that one structure and it's still open in both directions and we still have not found the limits of the mineralization to depth along that structure all our drilling is from surface it's about you know not average hole is about 200 meters it just gets too costly to drill from surface when you go deeper so a lot of our exploration potential is going to be from underground or and angular fact, cuts sorry do you do any angular drilling to yeah, we'll do fan holes underground, up and down holes, mm. uh, cross cuts within our underground workings. Yeah. And we expect that this, this there's one area, let's see if I can find it again, between up here. Yep. See that big rock above? I certainly do. My finger there? Yep. That's a, a younger rock that covers over the main zones. 
and we haven't been able to drill under there. There's about six to 700 meters of unexplored uh, distance along our major structure that has not been drilled yet. And we've drifted in about 150 meters along that structure and we're in mineralization all the way. And I believe that, that, that once we get continuing to work underground, extend that underground at it and then provide drill stations, it will drill off that area between what we call our Portito zone and Santiago zone, which is over the other side of the hill. And I think that's going to potentially add a third to our reserves and resources. Oh, and wow. with that, we expect to justify an expansion of the mine we're actually building. So we're building a 1,000 ton per day underground mining operation. We're going to produce about 25,000, no, 26,000 ounces of gold annually. Yep. On a gold equivalent basis, it'll be more like 40, more like 45,000 ounces if you add all the metals and equate them to gold. Mm -hmm. So we think that once we can start exploration going again, we'll quickly add new resources and reserves that will justify an expansion of the mine. And maybe we can take it to 1,500 to 1,000 tons a day over the next couple of years. And potentially, I see this growing to maybe 3,000 tons a day in the five less than a five-year term, provided that the exploration works out the way I believe it will. And I have a, a, a strong amount of knowledge about this project. I've been yep. on it for a long, long time. A long time. I'm confident in, in what I'm what I'm stating here. Yeah, fantastic. You can't buy experience, and that's certainly one thing that goes in your favor. Now, in terms of the byproduct minerals that might be extracted as a result of, the, I guess, the gold extraction, are there be, uh, any big potentials for, I guess, those lesser minerals, for lack of better ways to term it? Well, we have a decent amount of silver. Mm -hmm. um, we have about, I think it's uh, 53, 60 grams of silver. So that's all, not quite two ounces of silver per ton. We have a couple percent zinc. Uh, percent and a bit lead and there's a little bit of copper too so we'll be producing three concentrates initially two concentrates a lead and a zinc concentrate mm. and the vast majority of the precious metals go into the lead concentrate so we sell a very precious metal rich lead concentrate yep um, and, the, and the other commodities um, are, are you know minor in the sense of probably i think what's silver is about 12 percent 70 percent gold so you know less than 20 percent contribution to revenue from the base metals yeah it's a constant variable if there is such a term isn't it you can't really be sure i mean you might hit a major strike of silver in the next day or so you just wouldn't no, know that's very true it. you know and and these you know these these epithermal systems tend to be zoned so mm. the further you get away from a heat source you might get more gold might get more silver less base metals mm. so that's all will be found out or, or known as we continue to explore the project so tell us a little bit, if we could just pivot a little bit and talk about global events. Is uh, anything that's happening around the world, you know, you've got your COVIDs, the war and all this other rubbish that's happening at the moment. Has it impacted the way that you're running the business at all, Ralph? Well, I'm not sure that it's impacted the way we run it, other mm. than it's making it a lot more lucrative for us. I mean, yep. the metal prices are fantastic. I mean, gold, I, I see a very, very good future um, in the near term for gold. I, I believe we're at the cusp of a very major um, increase in gold prices and precious metal prices. Yep. Commodity prices are, are fantastic right now. This has been some of the higher uh, commodity prices for base metals we've seen in a long, long time with zincs at over $2 a pound. Traditionally, it's like $1.10, $1.20. So, you know, these are very good times for mining companies. And yet, you know, we're not seeing the interest paid to, to us 
uh, from the markets yet, uh, yep. especially our company because of the, the development in the past. And I believe that once Tawetel comes on stream, people start to look at our financial statements, which really aren't that bad as they are from Campo Morado because we've been doing very well in Campo Morado, that you'll see a, a very good re-rating of our company and we'll start to achieve the market cap that we believe and know we should should be, should be achieving yes absolutely and tell us a little bit about uh, your shareholder institutes are involved with your organization then we'll pivot on to management yeah we've got um you know a fair number of institutions you know sprott asset management from from U us as a mm -hmm. shareholder we have trafigura our trafigura is our commodity off taker yep and they've got a, a decent share position in our company we have uh several funds out of new york small precious metal private funds yep um what else a couple in europe with small funds so you know we've got about i think we're about a 25 27 percent uh holding in inst institutional holding in our company fantastic thank you very much for the feedback now in terms of i guess the board of directors um, and management in general i guess more at the operational level as well tell us about david roans What's his involvement in the organization? Yeah, David uh, joined us along with several other directors when we were really trying to strengthen up the board of, board of directors. And David is our chairman. Mm. So David is a, a managing partner, a managing director of Endeavor Financial. Endeavor Financial is a very strong mining group out of the UK that has helped put deals together, funded uh, mining companies to the tune of several billion dollars. So yeah. they've got a, a strong group behind them, a strong track record of success, and their team is available to us to help us. Um, and we're really planning to grow the company further than the two assets we have. Uh, once we get a little healthier later this year, we should be able to go out and, and start to look for new projects. We're already looking, but uh, I think that'll be you know, Q3, Q4 we, before we would be able to be in a position to start making some offers. And our idea is to add a few more good mining projects to the company and grow mm. this company, not just from, as you say, you know, a lot of people say organic growth on our projects. We have that ability on both our projects to increase the size of them through exploration. Both of the projects have excellent exploration potential. So we believe we've got very good, uh, strong organic growth possibilities. Then the other way you grow junior public companies is you add new projects to them. And that's really what what our goals are to, to grow both ways. Absolutely, and uh, you'd obviously have a lot of contractor relationships for doing um, any of the work at all. Yeah, in Mexico, I mean, it, everybody needs to understand Mexico is a very strong mining country. They've been world's top silver producer. They have lots of trained miners, lots of equipment suppliers. Um, you know, they're just an excellent country to be mining in yeah and there's lots of potential there so in terms of um the i guess the um the stock tickers tell us a little bit about the the different places people can i guess find them and what should they be looking for when they look into this sort of thing um i'm not quite sure i understood your uh, like your what your stock symbol? tickers i believe you're on uh, tsx oh yeah okay um, so yeah we, we we trade on the tsx venture exchange we're actually going to be applying to the TSX board, the, the bigger board. As soon as we start production at Tawabeto, probably Q3, Q4, we'll graduate up to the TSX. So our, our symbol right now on the TX Venture is uh, ATLY, 
mm -hmm. or A-L-T-Y, I'm sorry, yep. Altelay. And in the U.S., you just add an F to that, and uh, we trade on the QX, OTC QX board, which is the, the highest one on the OTC. Fantastic. Now, um, I know that there'd be a lot of interested people listening into this. Now, if they want to find out more information, some in-depth, really, uh, information about governance and that sort of thing, where would you be pointing them to? To our website, we have a very, you know, a very informative website. We try to put as much information on there as possible. So just altalaymining.com. That's easy, isn't it? I love it when it's easy to find out what you need. <laughs> <laughs> so exactly. look, um, with all that being said, if you're on today's call and you're interested in, in Altalay uh, Mining Corporation and finding out uh, more information, which, um, you know, this is about due diligence, duty of care, doing what you need to do to find out to make an informed decision about anything you do, uh, visit altalaymining.com. Check out the board of directors, the management team, and all the other wonderful information that you're likely to find on the website. With all that being said, Ralph, what a wonderful call. Thank you so very much for joining me on the show today. It's been my pleasure. I hope I've been able to convey the opportunity that Altelay presents. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends, and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.